Hey there, I'm Micah and I'm the host of the She Pursues podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip faith-based women who want to take an active role in developing their spiritual, physical, and mental health. You can expect meaningful conversations, interviews, solo episodes that provide biblical truth and insight, tangible takeaways, professional advice, resources, and more. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast to be notified of new episodes. And if you leave a review, I will be eternally grateful. Reviews help keep the podcast visible, which gets this message out into the world. If you have ever owned anything in your life, you know that that's a little bit different than borrowing something or renting something or um, just having something that's not really yours. There's an extra level of responsibility and pride that comes along with ownership. So we're going to talk about just how to basically own your life today. Um, So how to own who you are in Christ and your identity in Christ, how to own your identity as the person that you are becoming, how to own your habits and your choices. Um, You are living out this life of yours and you, you own it. I mean, God, you know, if you're submitting to him, like he owns your life, but we also have like part ownership in that and how we live out our life. And so there's a sense of responsibility there. There should be an extra level of care there in how we are showing up and and really owning our life. So I heard once that the way we act is a mirror image of what we believe about ourselves. So for example, in discussing identity and our identity in Christ, if I 100% believe that I'm a child of God, that I'm forgiven, that he's, you know, wash me of my sins once I've repented, then I'm not going to go and walk around with the shame of my past because I'm owning who I am in Christ and I'm owning um, the gift that he has given me. And so when we act in a way that is, you know, against that, then are we really believing that about ourselves, right? So I might say like, oh yeah, I am a daughter of the king. Oh yeah, God does love me. Oh, God does forgive me, right? But if I don't actually believe that, then I might act differently than that. And this can be applied to um, any way that we act, you know, even if it's how we, how active we are or how responsible we are, whatever it is, I'm going to act the way that I believe about myself. So if I believe that I'm, a runner, then I'm going to run more often than if I didn't identify as a runner. And to give you a backstory on that, I had ran probably three or four half marathons. I had done a Tough Mudder. I had done some triathlons. And I still at that point, like didn't consider myself a runner. I just kind of did them for fun. And I did them because I liked getting a trophy at the end. Um, But I, I didn't, like I didn't train for performance, right? I trained to finish. And so I didn't really consider myself a runner because I was like, oh, I just kind of go out and do it. I didn't really train. Well, once I identified myself as a runner, then I was like, oh, well, a runner would probably have a schedule or a runner would probably um, try to work on their performance or eat in the way that would help me be a better performer. And so I had gone into this Facebook group. Um, There's a running group I was a part of and said, oh, I'm not a really a runner, but I want to be. And, you know, what do you suggest for speed training or whatever? And I mean, I had my background in exercise science, and so I kind of had an idea, but there's something just about that 
runner experience that is, you know, helpful to get advice from people who've done it. And all the comments were like, uh, if you've done all of that, like you're a runner. And so I really had like this mindset shift and ever since then I've been able to become a better runner because I actually believed that I was a runner. And so I want to encourage you to own the things that God says about you, but also like who you're wanting to become. So let's talk about identity in Christ, because I feel like that's obviously the most important thing. Um, but you are who God says you are. And I know that's easy to say, or it's easy to say, yes, okay, I know that, right? But are you embracing that? And are you owning who he says you are? Are you truly believing it? If God says that you are his child, then you have a sense of belonging and you are a son or a daughter and you are adopted into his family. It also means that you're saved, which means he has forgiven you of all of your past. I mean, obviously there's like a point where you have to, you know, repent and go and sin no more. And it doesn't mean we're never going to sin again. Like we're, you know, we're going to mess up and we're not perfect, but you know, any of the past shame that the devil tries to bring up to you, um, if you're really believing what God says that you're forgiven and that you're his child, then you have the power to be like, uh, no, you're wrong. Like I do not have to live in the shame of what I've done. Um, and you don't have to live with like an orphan spirit either because you are his child. You are a part of the kingdom, believing that you're a friend of Jesus, right? You can talk to him. You can spend time with him. You can lean on him. And so again, we, you know, hear those songs, like there's like a hymn I could thinking of, but I can't think of these exact words. Um, but where I'm a friend of Jesus or Jesus is my friend. And are we actually believing that and acting on that? Or are we just feeling like it's something that we don't really understand? Right. And that could be part of it too, where we're like, okay, well, you know, I know this and I believe it, but I don't know what that looks like or how that translates into how I live my life. Um, and that I think can just come with maturity and time, but really embracing that will help you learn about that and act on that. You are free in Christ. We're chosen in love. We're worthy. We're secure in him, which means we can be confident in who we are. And when you do that, like when you embrace who God says you are and you embrace that you're a part of God's family, you're more likely to walk in alignment with him, right? Or to walk in the purpose that he has for you. Like if I feel like I'm unworthy or if I feel like I don't have the strength or confidence to complete what he's called me to, then it's going to be really hard to actually make that happen, right? But if I know that I'm chosen and loved, that means I'm worthy. If I know that I'm secure in him, it means I can be confident. If I know that, you know, my weakness or there's like, you know, strengthen my weakness, right? Then I don't have to be afraid of those weaknesses and I can still walk in the purpose that he has for me. I can still walk in my gifts and have confidence in that versus being fearful or being afraid of what people might say or how I might be judged or hiding because I feel like I'm unworthy of this gift or unworthy of being able to do this thing that he has called me to. So, that I would say is the first thing to start with. Like, of course, as believers, you know, we want to make sure that we are being the people that God wants us to be and, you know, bringing his kingdom here on earth. So that's, you know, step number one in owning your identity. But step number two would be just how we live out our lives. So I really like the idea of instead of asking people um, or like how we ask kids, you know, what do you want to be 
when you grow up, right? And so, of course, their response is like, oh, I want to be a fireman or a police officer or I want to be a nurse or I want to be this or that. Like, having an idea of what you want to do is great, but the better question would be, who do you want to be, right? Like, how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want people to experience you, right? How do you want to, you know, walk out this life serving God and knowing God? Like, who are you? It's so much more important than what you do. And when we focus on what we do, that's when we can really get caught up in expectation and comparison. I was talking with someone the other day and they were talking about someone in their family who seemingly perfect fairy tale life that she had and because he didn't follow in those footsteps you know he always felt like oh I, I need to do something that my parents will be proud of or I need to have a 4.0 GPA so my parents will be proud of me like because she had met all of these like expectations of what how we think life should go he felt like he was failing and he felt like he um, didn't have you know purpose um, but obviously he did like who you are matters more than what you do and he was a wonderful person and had no reason to feel like he wasn't measuring up or um, like he wasn't like his parents weren't proud of him because they actually were like they weren't really comparing them it was more of his own insecurity so another example of that might be well I grew up as you know in an unhealthy family right or um, you know we lived an unhealthy lifestyle and if you're wanting to become a healthy individual, instead of saying to yourself things like, well, I'm just an unhealthy person or, well, this is just my genetics or, oh, this is just how I've lived my life. If you continue to say that to yourself and you continue to own that, then that's probably how it's going to go, right? So um, instead you could say things like, well, I am a healthy individual or I am an exerciser. I am someone who is adventurous, right? Even if, even if you're not really that yet, um, the more that you say it to yourself and own it, the more that you can become that and start to prove that to yourself with the way that you're acting. We also often focus on the result that we want, right? We want to lose weight. We want to become a runner. We want to do X, Y, Z, but we don't focus on the who, right? The identifier and the lifestyle that we're living. And so we have this, these big goals of, I want to do this, this, and this, or I want to achieve this, this, and this, but we're not actually embracing the lifestyle and the daily actions that it's going to take to achieve that. And then even once you achieve that, like, do you want to go back to where you were or do you want to continue, you know, in that. And so we can't always focus on the result and we can't always focus on the process. Like we have to focus on like who we actually are. So we'll kind of talk about how to do that later when I get to like the how to. Um, But the other thing that we can own is like that, that daily uh, action, right? The daily habits, the daily choices, but also without shame, right? So if you see a cookie on the counter and you eat it, like own your choice. If you're going to be upset about that, then was it really worth eating the cookie? Give yourself some, some space to make decisions and really think about who you want to be. And I'm not saying it's like bad to eat 
cookie. Like I am totally fine with eating cookies and I eat them on Sunday mornings. We have the best cookies at our church, but like if you're going to eat that cookie, like you might as well own the choice that you're making and do that. And then if you don't think that you can like handle owning that choice, then make a different choice. And so we'll talk a little bit about how to own your choices. Um, and you know, another example might be if you are, you know, so busy that you can't take, make time for exercise, then again, (laughs) own your choice. Like you've decided that these other things are more important to you right now. And so exercise is going to go on the back burner instead of complaining about that, then own the choice that you've made. Like you're, we're beating ourselves up basically for our own choices. When we have all the power and all the, like we have the ability to be in control of that and the, what we choose. And so we just have to own it and we're going to be better off either way, right? Like you, I mean, you may not be better off if you don't exercise, but you might as well like stop complaining about it or stop beating yourself up about it and like not stress over it. If that's the choice that you are going to make, if that makes sense. And then also own what you're in control of and what you're not in control of. So obviously there's things in our life that we cannot control. I mean, if I'm planning to exercise one day and my kid falls off the monkey bars and breaks his arm, you know, obviously things like that are going to happen. Or, you know, maybe you're just in a season of life where you, you know, are taking care of more people or more things than is normal. There's stuff that's out of our control, but there's often things that we can be more in control of than we are. So I have had people say to me like, well, you know, our schedule is like this, this, and this, and we have to do this, this, and this, and I just don't have any control over that. And I remember talking to a client once and I was like, okay, well, do you really believe that you don't have any, any control over that? And she kind of, we kind of paused for a minute and she was like, actually, yeah, I could control like over half of this. Um, and so I think sometimes we think we don't have control over things when we actually do. Um, and so we really have to do a little bit of soul searching and do a little bit of questioning, asking yourself, actually, do I have control over this? What do I have control over? And that can kind of open up some new opportunities for you. So the other thing is that when we don't take ownership of all of those things. Like we don't take ownership of what we can control. We don't take ownership of our daily habits, our choices. We don't take ownership of, of who God says we are. That becomes a habit and it becomes a thought pattern. And so we get in the habit of giving away our power and we get in the habit of giving away our choice. And what that leads to is increased helplessness. It leads to increased stress and anxiety because we feel like we're out of control and we feel like we're stuck and that there's no way out or, um, or we just keep trying to do the same thing over and over, right? So let's say you're trying to eat better, you're trying to exercise more, but you're not still not taking ownership of all of those things. And so you get into this cycle of failing every time and not able to learn from that failure. And so it's just like a vicious cycle that repeats. Um, So the goal is to get out of the habit of being helpless, basically, or out of the habit of pushing it off onto something else, like blaming the problem on someone else other than 
ourselves and actually taking some control and taking some ownership in how we live out our lives and how we show up from day to day. So let's talk through how we can actually take ownership of these things and take ownership of our life and actually live the life that we want to or the life that God has called us to. So I came up with four ways you can take ownership of your life, your identity, and your choices. The first way is to tune in to your tendencies or your thought pattern. So for example, when it comes to identity, what kind of things are you saying to yourself about yourself? We are always our worst critic. We always talk the worst about ourselves. And so pay attention to the thought patterns that you have about how you talk about yourself. Are you saying things that God would say about you or that line up with the word of God and what the word of God says? Or are you saying things that are in line with what the enemy might be saying to you? So pay attention to that. And I say this a lot, but get in the word, know the word, spend time with the Lord, and that will really help you be able to speak back against what the enemy is saying to you. So if he's saying that you are um, worthless, that you're lazy, that you're you know, not a child of God, that you don't belong in the kingdom, whatever it is, that is not true. And we have to be familiar with what God says about us. We have to be familiar with what the word of God says in order to speak back against the enemy. So that would be, I would say, the most important thing we can do for taking ownership of our identity is knowing what that is um, and being able to overcome those negative thoughts. And then also just pay attention to your tendency and how you respond to things that happen. So when something goes wrong externally or when you make a choice that doesn't line up with the result that that you want, um, pay attention to your response. And instead of beating yourself up over it, because we're not always going to be perfect, even when you um, feel like you're starting to figure this out, you're going to have moments where you mess up or you think negative thoughts. It's just, it's always going to be there. Instead, just ask yourself, okay, what role am I playing here? Am I playing a victim role or am I taking the role of ownership and really taking responsibility for um, the choices that I'm making and how I'm responding to the situation? So that's step number one. Step number two or idea how to number two is instead of complaining about what's going on, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? So you might um, make the choice that doesn't line up with your result and then complain about the fact that you made that choice. And so instead of doing that, because it's just going to lead you into that cycle again and keeps you from taking ownership, ask yourself what you can learn from this. Is it something that you just feel like you need to try harder, um, which is not necessarily the best response to making different choices, but think about other things that you can do, right? Maybe Um, you know, not keep certain foods in the house or, which I don't believe in restrictions. So I don't want you to get the idea that that's what I'm saying. But if you're wanting to limit, you know, chips and cookies and all of that, then you you probably don't want it in the house all the time. But think about some other things that you can do. Maybe it was the fact that you forgot to eat breakfast or didn't have a snack midday and so you got home and you were super hungry and so you devoured the cookies and the chips even though you didn't want to do that. So maybe you focus on making sure you have that snack before you leave work and come home or uh, making sure that you're eating more meals that fill you up so you're not feeling like you have to devour other things. That would just be an example of what you could learn from maybe making the choice that 
doesn't quite line up with the result you're wanting. Number three is to focus on solutions, not problems. So when we play that victim role and we don't take ownership, we play into the problem, right? We're not going to help or be able to solve the problem if we're not taking ownership of that. And I say this all the time and I'll say it again, but our brain and ourselves will do what we tell it to do. So if we tell it to focus on the problem um, or, you know, go into like a natural thought pattern, that's what we normally do, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on the problem. But if we force our brains to come up with a solution, then we'll come up with a solution. And so, of course, the trick is to um, go forward with that solution. And there may be some that you resist. But if you brainstorm long enough, you can come up with something and pick at least one of those solutions to try and implement in order to overcome the problem that you have. So think about why that solution would work instead of all the reasons it won't. So I would say that this happens a lot, especially when I'm um, coaching. One of the things we do during coaching is brainstorming. So we will come up with a list of solutions. And I'll always tell my clients, don't say anything about the solution up front, right? Just share three solutions. Don't share comments on it. Don't share why you think it would work. Don't share why you think it won't work. Let's just get a list. And so we'll come up with these solutions back and forth, but they always have a tendency to be like, well, here's a solution, but here's why it probably won't work. And so that's why I always will tell them like, don't even think about it yet. Let's just get it on paper. And then we can talk about why it might work. Like let's pick the the one that you thought might work best. And let's focus on that one first versus going through the reasons why the other ones won't work. So we don't want to focus on the solution. We want to focus on why that solution would work. And then number four is practice. Just practice taking ownership with anything else in life. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be something that comes supernaturally right away. It's going to take time for that to be a little bit more natural. And you're still going to face situations where it's not natural. Um, So I don't want to say that to discourage you, but at the same time, like, I don't want you to think that you're going to go through this process and, oh, you're just going to automatically think that way. No, it's like a lifelong journey of, you know, focusing on making the better choice, focusing on solutions. Um, And that's why we review goals. That's why we have reflections. That's why we journal. Like all of those things can help us stay on track. Um, So practice, practice, practice. Three points I want to make under that are three ways to practice taking ownership. The first one is to tell yourself, I do have a choice. And what choices can I make? So even if it's a situation that's completely out of your control, you still have a choice in how you react to that. And there still may be choices that you can make that you're not seeing right away, right? So of course, when it's something really traumatic or, you know, it's a big, big deal, like a big situation, it's kind of hard to step out of that and see what you can do. And so obviously, you know, take time with that and give yourself some grace in that if you're not seeing it right away. But if we think about, okay, what can I do? And what choices can I make here that will help you come up with some solutions? So reminding yourself you have a choice no matter what. The second point is focus on identity-based habits. 
And this part is actually from James Clear. If you've read the book Atomic Habits, um, that's where this little point comes from. Um, but he talks about three layers of behavior change, and we'll focus on the last one, but sharing all three will help it make more sense. And those three layers are the outcome, the process, and the identity. So when you set a goal, you are probably focusing on an outcome or the result, right? So um, your goal might be to lose 10 pounds, and that is what you get. That's an outcome. It's a result. The second layer of that is the process. So it's what you do in order to get the result. So you might create a new gym routine um, in order to get that result of losing those 10 pounds. It would just be one example. And then the third layer is the one that we're talking about today, and that is the most important, and that is identity. I am the type of person who moves every day, would be a way to identify as someone who's active, someone who is doing that new gym routine, and then who's able to get that result, right? It's what you believe about yourself. Because if you don't believe that you're someone who moves every day, then it's going to be really hard for you to start moving. It's going to be hard for you to get into the habit of that gym routine. And you might be able to do it for a little while, but if you're continually telling yourself, I just don't like exercise, I don't like to sweat, I'm not the type of person that exercises, then it's go you're going to be like pushing against that the whole time and it's going to make it really hard for you to get to the gym and it's going to be really hard for you to achieve your goal, the outcome that you want. Um, and so that's another thing to think about is when you're thinking of your outcome goal, are you willing to embrace the identity that goes along with that, right? So if you are not willing to exercise and you're not willing to eat healthy foods, then you're really probably are not going to achieve your goal, right? You're going to be looking for a quick fix. You're going to maybe do it for a few weeks and then cave and not be able to achieve the goal that you want unless you're willing to really embrace that, um, that routine and the daily habits and choices that you're hoping to make. But I would also say own that. Like if you have this result in mind and you tell yourself, well, I'm really not willing to embrace like the identity of a healthy lifestyle or the identity of someone who is active every day, then like own that choice. Like, okay, if that's what you want to do, you're not going to get the result, but at least you're owning it, right? At least you're like admitting and saying like, I'm just going to embrace who I am and what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Like we're wasting so much energy on decision fatigue every day because we want two things and we can't always have two things, right? We want to stay the way we are, but we want to have a different result. And that never leads to anyone making progress on anything. Um, but we just, we can't have like the best of both worlds, right? We can't like stay in our house all day and watch TV and eat whatever we want, but still get this result of being fit and healthy. Like it just, it doesn't work that way. So we have to be willing to sacrifice one or the other. And I would just encourage you to um, like take ownership of that because you're, you're, if you're not, and you're always like feeling stressed about like wanting this thing that you're not getting, like that's on you. You need to make a decision and then make the choices that will line up with that decision. So I know that's a little tough love there, but I think that I just, I see it so often 
and it really breaks my heart. Like maybe you're different than me, but I would honestly rather be like fat and happy or unhealthy and happy than to be, um, you know, not healthy and, um, and stressing about it all the time, right? Like the mental energy that it takes and the decision fatigue that comes along with not really making the choice or not being able to decide between the two is exhausting. And if we can get out of that cycle and just make the choice and go for it, you're going to feel a lot less stress, a lot less anxiety. Um, you're going to feel better about yourself, regardless of whatever, or regardless of what choice you make, just pick it and do it. So the identity piece, like identifying who you are, the type of person you are, um, is really what you believe about yourself. And then the third point I want to make about that is, um, or kind of the third how-to, is in order to believe in that new identity, we have to prove it to ourselves. So you might be able to say, I am the type of person who moves every day, but if you're not actually starting to step out of your comfort zone and do that, it's going to be really hard for you to believe that over the long haul. And so this isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to be you um, having those small wins and slowly proving it to yourself that you're someone who moves every day. And it'll get easier as you go along. But start with those small wins. Start with just getting some activity in, to use our example. So yeah, just um, using your the weight loss example, it could even be um, simple things like parking farther away, using a Fitbit or a Garmin to track your steps, um, you know, going and doing things with your friends that are active versus, you know, sitting around and not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I'm down for like, let's go to a coffee shop and sit down and talk, but you could also say, Hey, let's, it's nice out. Let's go for a walk and we can talk and hang out while we're walking. Right. So just be thinking of ways you can build movement into your lifestyle. That's what your goal is. So those are the three ways or four ways that you can start to develop some ownership. And I would say just do that without or do all of that without worrying about the results right away. So I know I said this already, but it will take time and you'll probably face some burnout. Um, You'll have days when you're not motivated. You'll question why it really matters. You'll probably even question the choice that you made. Like, is this really what I want to do? Is this really who I want to be? Um, and give yourself some time and grace to, um, deal with those questions, right? You're, it's, it's normal to feel that way. It's normal to have days where you're not motivated. And that doesn't mean that you're not that type of person, right? Like if you're not motivated to exercise, it doesn't mean that you can never embrace that identity. Um, I have plenty of days where I do not feel like getting up and going running and I'm training for an ultra right now, which is crazy. And I have to train to be ready for it. And I would say about half the time, like I, I'm like, Oh, I just would rather stay in bed right now. Or I'd rather just sit and drink my coffee. Um, you know, but I know that I'm committed to that result. And so that helps me get going, but I don't always feel like it. I don't always want to do that. So just give yourself grace in that. It doesn't mean that you're not cut out for it. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, you'll never get there, but, um, it just means that you're a normal human being. (laughs) Um, so push through those moments. Don't give up, keep going. 
Um, and if you miss it one day, just prove it to yourself the next day. Uh, but the thing to ask yourself is if you go against that choice, like let's say that you um, say, no, I'm not going to go for this result anymore. I'm just going to be who I am right now, or I'm going to make a different choice. Just ask yourself if you're willing to own that choice. Um, and that can kind of help you get going. If you say, no, I'm not willing to own that. I do want to be active every day. I do want this result that I'm looking for to be more healthy and to feel better. Um, cause I mean, I talked about weight loss, but weight loss doesn't always equal a healthy, li- healthy lifestyle, depending on who you are. Um, but like making sure that you can own, um, own that and own the choice that you're going to make, whether it's for or against. So I hope that is helpful for you and helps you own your choices, own who you are, own your identity a little bit better, and then own who you want to be too. So um, it's okay to change, um, but using that identity-based thought pattern and um, way of building new habits can be really helpful. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at micah.tice, that's M-I-C-A-E-H period T-I-C-E, or on facebook.com backslash she pursues. And stay tuned for more episodes every week.